Are we doing this? Really? Wait for it. Are we doing this? Wait for it. Ow! What the fuck? WTF. And it's also, ah, what the fuck? What's wrong with me? It's time for WTF. What the fuck? With Mark Marin. Okay, let's do this. How are you, what the fuckers? What the fucking nots? What the fucking nistas? What the fuckheads? I don't like that one. What the fuck, Ricans? Get a lot of mileage out of that. I like that. That's the newest one. I think I'm going to cut the list off there. How are you? I am Mark Marin. This is WTF. Thank you so much for listening. I don't know if any of you uh, remember, but I hipped you to some stuff on uh, uh, last week. I just want to make it clear that the WTF app is free for the month of March. And once you get it, you can upgrade and get every past episode. A lot of people have been emailing, asking about that. How can we get the old ones? Well, this is one way. And another way is you can get every past episode streaming on your desktop with the WTF Premium account. And all you got to do for that is go to WTFPod.com, click Get the Podcast, no iTunes, and it'll take you to the page. We're also uh, making those uh, individual episodes available slowly. Take some time to get them up there because we got to do a little rejiggering. But you can go to WTFPodShop.com or you can search uh, WTF Premium on iTunes uh, I, we've got all the uh, special premium live episodes there. We've got the Robin Williams there and the two-part Carlos Mencia one. Today's show, though, holy shit, Dino Stamatopoulos, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, I can't tell you how fucking excited I was to talk to this guy. I've known this guy a bit for a long time. He's one of the most interesting comedy writers out there. He's notorious uh, he was one of the original writers on the Conan O'Brien show. Uh, he used to do work with uh, Bob and Dave. Uh, he did uh, Moral Oral on uh, Adult Swim. But he's just a, a, you know, an infamous character, and, and I am thrilled to talk to him. I'm having a hard time accepting things out of my control. I'm having a hard time being patient with people. I'm having a hard time staying in place, man. Nothing is fucking... Everything's taking too much time. Everything is fucking designed to inconvenience me somehow i've had some horrible mishaps on airplanes completely out of my control i mean it almost became ludicrous like a comedy of errors the amount of air travel the you know, fuck-ups that i've had to deal with and i know look i travel a lot and i i know i've got no control over this all you can do is freak out try to get on another plane another airline but once those are depleted what are you gonna do i was on my way to seattle on Alaska Airlines. And, and this is after two weeks of just complete airline fucking chaos for me. Vomit on the plane, changing planes, missing planes because of so, taking cabs at three in the morning to get a plane at six in the morning, just disastrous. But again, luxury problem. I'm going to gigs. I want to make the gig. I'm at the airport in Burbank going to Seattle. We got a, the plane. We're on the plane. And there's a problem. There's a fluid leaking out of the back of the plane. So I'm like, how bad could it be? It's just, it's fluid. But obviously they need to check this. It's just pouring out of the back of the plane. They don't know what the hell it is. Now they got to bring the mechanic out to check the fluid. And I am audibly out loud, just because of what I've been going through on airplanes, I out loud say, you got to be fucking kidding me. Are you fucking kidding me? What, this is ridiculous, out loud. Now I'm a person that knows, look, dude, this is out of your control, man. You got, you cannot get angry about things out of your control. That's what maturity brings you. Okay, I'm not mature. I'm seven. I'm five. I'm, t I'm whatever I am. I'm 10 inside. Who knows? Because on some level, I understand that. It's out of my control. But that does not take away the fact that it is happening to me. Okay, it's out of my control. But why am I being chosen to be put through this? I connect all the dots. It's how clear does it have to be? I missed the plane because of snow. I had to go to Syracuse. I had to deal with vomit. I had to switch a plane to in Atlanta. This is just a series. This is another one of the chain of events that that I'm I'm supposed to receive some instruction here. And apparently, it's that like I'm I'm fucked and I can't seem to get to where I want to get to with any sort of uh, comfort. Well, who's telling me that? Why is it all about you? I, I know there's other people on the plane, but they are just here. They, they have been sacrificed by the great God of your fucked, uh, you know, to, to, to deliver the message to me. But really the message is shut up, grow up, do what you have to do to get where you need to go. Don't sit on the plane. And when the guy comes on the mic, the captain, and says, we're going to deplane because we haven't figured out what this mystery fluid is. Don't be the guy that goes, we're getting off the fucking plane. Well, they're giving you a choice. Well, don't get off, man. I'm, I'm out loud. There's a woman next to me. I'm like, don't get off. Then we're going to have to wait for you to get back on. Out loud, under my breath, I say that. 
Then we get off and then they figure out it's a goddamn potted water that runs the, out of the faucet and in the toilet and they put us back on three hours late. It was my only option to get up to Seattle. Almost missed a show in my mind. And I'm like, great, we're going. Then they tell people you know, that they're going to have to use water to you know, flush the toilets effectively. They give everyone the bottled water in the bathrooms and certain things aren't going to be available. And I'm like, all right, let's get the fuck out of here. And then they're like, is there anybody on the plane that's not comfortable with the situation? I'm like, what are we? We cannot shit for two hours. You know, and I'm like, out loud, Marin? Really? Out loud. To the point where the woman sitting next to me put her arm around me and said, it's going to be okay. As if I were just going. <laughs> Embarrassing. I made it to the shows. And now strap in. We're going to talk to Dino Stamatopoulos. Woo, it's going to get dark. I love that we never talked, too, because now it's going to be interesting. Yeah, and there's no talking beforehand. Yeah. It all happens on the mics here at uh, WTF. Yeah. In the garage. Now, I don't know what the fuck. You know, why can't they make the internet better? Are you, Are you? is this part of the podcast now? It might be. <laughs> I mean, you know, it, it, we'll make it available for that. I mean, I, I could yeah. put it on the podcast. I think this is good. No, it's 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 my life, Dino. Yeah. In the garage, Dino Stamatopoulos. Yep. That's a good name. Dino Stamatopoulos, uh, quick background. Here's here's how I, I know uh, Dino. Years ago, he was this um, tall, long-haired man with varying facial hair. Haven't changed. Wandering around a bit with uh, comics that I knew. I think at the time you were a writer. The first time I met you, you were probably a writer on Conan. And you did not like stand-up comedy. No. No, I still don't. I like certain stand-ups. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I, as a form. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, look, everything gets bastardized and shitty. Yeah. You know. Uh, Louie hated me for a while because I hated stand-up. And then I saw Louie and I'm like, oh, yeah, okay, that's not really stand-up. Oh, so you're able to create your own context. <laughs> yeah. There you, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Well, yes, I'm a human on Earth. Yeah. yeah. You can't, we're free to do that. Yeah, we can do it. And we can create context. Sure. But what was your aversion to stand-up? Um, I, you know, I... I started doing uh, open mic nights. Oh, you did, and had to deal with a lot of like really bad comics, you know. And now, then, and then, you know, you look at. Uh, actually, when I was a kid, I used to uh, audio tape the Tonight Show whenever there was a stand-up on. I used to just get into any kind of stand-up. So yeah. you used to. That's what happened. You I loved, loved it. it. You loved it, and it hurt you. It hurt me. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> I I never put that together. You never did. This is why the WTF podcast is so great. Well, I think people if people don't know who you are, they should. Uh, so I they, wanna, they don't. I want to try to put you into context. You were you know a writer on the Ben Stiller show briefly. Yeah, yeah, that was my first job. And then uh, you were part of the original crew that created the uh, the first Conan O'Brien show. Right. Yeah. And you are probably personally responsible for recurring characters that they still have on that show. No, Not I don't. Anymore? I don't think so. No, I think they've. No, all my characters were crazy. Like, but they use them. No, they never did. I don't, no, I don't think so. Not after I left. First of all, I don't think anyone could write it because they weren't that great. First of all, but they were. It was just weird, like slim organ body, which is the. <laughs> Slim, good body guy, but he had real organs on the outside of his uh-huh. body, and he was depressed. And uh, my stuff never catches on; <laughs> it never does. I, I, you know, when I left that show, it it had it was right before it took off, and they started adding reruns, and I would have been a millionaire if I stayed on for one more month. But uh, they, but didn't you? I for some reason I thought that you and Robert Smigel had sort of invented the. The sort of elevated, um, uh, almost childlike sensibility of, of of some of the sketches on that show. Because you do have a style. I think maybe the style carried on a little uh-huh. bit. You know, and how the, would you define that? That style that you do? Because uh, you don't write regular jokes. Just write for babies. <laughs> but we're adults actually like it too. You know? Yeah. <laughs> like babies could watch most of my early shit uh-huh. just go, hey, I, yeah, I can dig that. That's good. <laughs> and adults are like, this is really clever. This is, yeah, this is cutting edge. 
<laughs> this is like babies would love it. <laughs> and, and why? Why did you? Why did you settle on that? I mean, there's now. Before we get into that, though, what? So mm-hmm. I didn't realize that you started trying to do comedy because you loved comedy until it fucked you in the ass. And what? Where did you do? That? If it fucked me in the ass, I'd love it oh, a okay. lot more. Oh, so maybe it just. Yeah, I it, mean, I have a prostate gland. And, yeah, and it's good. Yeah, yeah, it's still you, working. It is. Yeah, I'm 46 and it's kicking. I'm, I'm 47. Mine's Sometimes still I come, it shoots over my head. Really? Still? Yeah. yeah. But that's only if uh, if it's like that's got to be a good one. That's not. Yeah, ever... yeah. No, no, it's not normal. It's definitely like you know, my mind's got to be there. Like right, yeah. right. Or, or or maybe your mind doesn't have to be there at all, and it's just so surprisingly great. No, the mind has a lot to do with it with me. Really, with the with the distance, with the trajectory and projectile. Yeah, I'm in my head, and I'm I, I've got the scenario, and oh, so boom. You, oh, so you, this happened in a solo session. Uh, it doesn't have to, mm-hmm. but I usually even in a session with a woman mm-hmm. i masturbate mm-hmm. i love it yeah 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 well i mean i i've only heard myths about uh your sexual proclivities yeah i mean look uh you've got you, a you fair... want me to boil it down in two seconds i masturbate in front of women right i love it yeah but yeah but i've i've i've, I've often gleaned just bits and pieces of your elaborate sexual life yeah from uh, from other sources. Yeah, I mean, we could get into that now or later. What, what's just, well, let's let's build up to that. Okay, okay. let's do the. <laughs> let's start with the early comedy career. <laughs> and, and, I can't wait to see the segues and, and then get into yeah. the, uh, the the sexual burlesque and and uh, follies of you. Yeah, yeah. So where'd you start though? Where did you come from? Uh, I grew up in Chicago. So you're a Chicago guy. Yeah, they invent comedy people there. Yeah, it's crazy because I didn't get into comedy because I was in Chicago. I got into comedy because I, you know, I had a miserable, I was ugly little kid and uh, I started making people laugh. Maybe a lot of ugly people come from Chicago. Maybe Maybe that's, that's, I think there's a, there's probably a mathematic to that. Yeah. 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 It's horrible. In fact, I'm sure that's right. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And no, Louis C.K. once said to me, uh, up, upon the success of a younger, more good-looking person who ended up becoming Jay Moore. Right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he, he, Let's not mention his name before. Yeah. But uh, no, but he, uh, uh, he, when Jay first started doing comedy, he was like furious. He's like, comedy was for the ugly people. Yeah. It was for us. <laughs> you know, and now it's not. Oh, please. Yeah. He did. <laughs> I swear to God. I remember I ran into Jay Moore in uh, New York. I was with my uh, wife, who at the time was a dominatrix, and she was wearing, like, brown leather pants. Yeah. And he just walked up to her and said, you go, girl. And I'm like, I don't care if you're funny or not. You go, girl? (laughs) You're on SNL. Uh, that bothered you. That bothered me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't. I wouldn't mind if he took her and fucked her in front of you yeah. while you jerked off. Right, but don't say you go, girl. <laughs> <laughs> Come Just, on, make it, make it happen. <laughs> make something happen. Yeah, that would have been. Better. Don't do a, a hackneyed black slang. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You should have said, "Make that happen, girl." Yeah, yeah, yeah. and that would have been better. Yeah. So you're in Chicago. You're ugly. You're miserable. Hey. What? I could say it about myself. I'm sorry. Yeah. Is it the Don't same? Don't be mean. Don't be mean. Oh, no, no, I'm not being I mean. started crying in a bar once. You did? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Why? I was, in, uh, I was in Vegas, and what's that, like, punk bar, the Double Down? And uh, I was with a bunch of friends, Dan Harmon, and he was dating my friend Io. Dan Harmon writes, he's a creative community, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, we met in a bar. But not that one. Yeah. But uh, I was there for like eighteen hours, and yeah. finally I wouldn't leave. And they're trying to pull me out, and they said, "Why won't you leave?" And I said, "I'm too ugly to go out there." And I just start crying. <laughs> <laughs> was this? Was this? Did, did that story have to be told to you, or you remember it? I don't remember if I remember it or if it's been told to me. I mean, I uh, it's very <laughs> plain in my. <laughs> My, I, oh, the idea so is very clear. I, I, I could see that happening. Well, what, what kind of, what, well, what kind of household did you grow up in? Well, I mean, nice parents. They didn't like, you know, wake me up and go, "Hey, ugly." <laughs> uh, <laughs> they were. It was actually very nurturing. Uh-huh. Uh, I, I, you know, for a long time, I thought I was a genius because my dad, you know, laughed and encouraged me with everything I did you know <laughs> right and then I you know and then I met other people 
Doesn't that suck? Yeah. When they come into the picture? Yeah. All those other people. Yeah, usually the parents are the problem. Yeah. Not in this. Not in this case. Yeah. It was once you left the house. Yeah. Yeah, then everything got ugly. Why are you so cocky? Yeah. You're opposite. You're Uh, you're a dick. You're ugly. And they beat you down? Yeah, beat me down. When did you get funny? Um, I don't know. Am am I funny? I don't know. Maybe never. <laughs> huh. I I think if we were to take a poll, I've gotten some pretty good laughs already. Oh like yeah. If, I, if this were, if you were a stand-up comedian, I'd be enjoying the but show. But I'm not even trying to be funny. <laughs> that's the thing. Well, I you're guess that's innately what, funny. That's what the comedy. That's it's, what comedy is. God, we're yeah. learning a lot. You're, yeah. you're, a lot of breakthroughs for you. Yeah. 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 Well, when I try and be funny, believe me, that's when I'm not. Yeah. I, I remember going into uh, college, Columbia College in Chicago, and. Uh, I always thought I was funny because when I was a kid and people would beat me up, I would just say things and naturally make them laugh. So I walked into college yeah. and thought I was hilarious. Yeah. And uh, the head or the assistant head of the uh, theater department just looked at me and shook his head. He's like, you're trying way too hard. Oh. Trying way too hard. Yeah, that's as bad as you're ugly. <laughs> Well, yeah. <laughs> Your face is trying way too hard. <laughs> it's just a horrible thing to hear. Yeah. Because what do you do from that? Then you have to turn off something you didn't even know was on. Yeah, but I did it. Yeah? Yeah, I'm a I'm a survivor. <laughs> oh, good yeah, for you. Yeah. yeah, after the treatments, you made it through. Yeah. What was that? What was Columbia College? What did you study? Uh, I, I went there originally for film and went to the theater department and just uh, there was a whole like wide open third floor where women were lying around <laughs> barefoot and i was like i want to f- fuck everyone here. yeah yeah and you know of course i didn't because i was you know i was trying only, i was hard. only 22 uh-huh <laughs> <laughs> you know yeah. it took another year for me to lose my virginity so uh but uh yeah i was trying way too hard and uh uh, but so I, you know, I hung out in the theater department. A lot of, uh, talented people came out of the years that I was there, like Scott Adsit. Oh yeah. And, uh, Andy Dick. Were you friends? Yeah. Yeah. You still friends Jay with Andy? Jay Johnston. Jay Johnston is like your running buddy, right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, we have off and on, you know, we're very different, mm-hmm. you know, I talk a lot and he keeps a lot of secrets. Right. But, but um, what happens, but you guys are drinking buddies. Yeah. Yeah. And what happens when does that shift? During the drinking? Yeah, the the drinking shifts it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> that should be a that yep. should be an, on an advertisement for some alcohol. <laughs> yeah. This'll shift it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, it's interesting because we're completely opposite people. I'm uh I'm trying to not color this where I'm the hero. <laughs> right. But you guys work together on That's uh just... he you know, he was on Sarah Silverman's program on Mr. Show. He's a very yeah. respected comedic guy. Yeah, he's hilarious. Yeah. Really funny guy. He has the best quips just hanging out with him. Mm-hmm. I was at his place once and uh, he asked me uh what I wanted to drink and I said, "I'll have a kettle on the rocks, no lime in a rocks glass um with a little straw." Yeah. And he said, "The only thing I have is the no lime." <laughs> <laughs> Quick. No, I give myself 20% credit for setting him up. <laughs> All right, 10%. Okay. Yeah. So when you guys so you guys when you do get together it gets you I mean, look, I was with you in Montreal. I saw you for breakfast. Yeah, I lied earlier. I don't remember seeing you. Yeah. I was pretty drunk. Pretty drunk, dude. You had a quadruple <laughs> scotch for breakfast. I mean, it was 10 in the morning, yeah. and we had a long conversation. Wow, oh, Jesus. Yeah, and I'm you told so me what a genius you thought I was and, and how <laughs> how you've you know respected me since before you even met me. I do, I do. I okay, actually- that, You didn't say any of that. Well, I, I, I always think about you, because uh, I, I met you through Louie, I'm yeah. sure. Yeah. Early on, you yeah, know, yeah. and you were always this sort of weird, mysterious dude that, that seemed very angry to me, but it turns out you were just probably feeling- uh, just insecure yeah that's all yeah. it's true right yeah but i wasn't angry toward you i was no. i always felt like whenever we met up we had uh we were very cordial to each other right but there was a, there, i guess it wasn't a tension but i i mean i always i would... mean of course you know I'll, you know louis will go oh mark is such an asshole <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't help <laughs> yeah let me prepare you for the mark Marin encounter yeah but you know but so you guys were there so you were there at the, at the original conan 
And I guess the reason I'm fascinated with some some of the stuff you do is because it all seems fairly signature. It does have that childlike quality, but you like you you like using music. I mean, I th- I feel like you invented something. I feel like that there's a sensibility that came out of you specifically that kind of informed a lot of the comedy nerd explosion. That you know this use of music, the use of 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 childlike things to deal with adult themes. I just don't. I think that you were part of creating that. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm I just mean, blowing I, smoke up your ass, but I mean, I believe that's look, true. I mean, you know, you you were gonna, I'm gonna give you a blowjob. No, that, uh, that you, was the you deal. You offered me one, right? And earlier. you're gonna get oh, good, yeah. yeah. Well, that was in lieu of the fact that you didn't want any uh, just coffee dot co op. No, I don't drink a lot of coffee because then you went on to do you know Mr. Show with Bob and David, and right. I, a lot of your stuff got on that show. Whether you know whatever happened on yeah, Conan's I, show, I mean, there was no. I think even on Conan, it, it got on. I just. Uh, you know, I I was never on a show where it was really popular. You know, oh the show itself. Yeah, but what like it, in your mind? What are some of the greatest bits you did on 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 those two shows? Like on the early on the early Conan. Like if you can remember, like what was the thing that you? <laughs> I like, didn't I, drink back then, by the way. Yeah, well, you're one of those late starters. I never fucking understand that. Yeah, but you know, you're you're getting you're getting I was in. Very, whatever you didn't do. It's you. <laughs> I was very coddled when I was a kid. Yeah, well, you're making up for it. Yeah. Uh, on Conan, God, I can't even, I mean, I look at all this stuff. I did, um, I wrote a, a bunch of, uh, kiss-ass turkeys where, uh, it was a, a very realistic turkey puppet in the audience on yeah. Thanksgiving. Yeah. Uh, every time Conan made a joke, he laughed way too hard <laughs> just so he would get eaten. Yeah, uh, slim, slim organ body I liked. Yeah. Uh, um, you know, I mean, I think they're all lost. I don't. Uh, we can't get any of them now, apparently. No, Every, all those NBC just fucking right. put them in a vault. Right, yeah. They were on YouTube for a while. Uh-huh. But, uh, um, and then, you know, on uh, uh, on Mr. Show, my favorite, I guess, was uh, the audition, uh, which is about a, uh, a guy auditioning for a television show, and he comes in, he says, I'm going to do an audition from the play called The Audition Yeah, Gavin Alderwood. <laughs> And he says, can I use this chair? And they say, yes. And I went, wait, that's part of the audition. <laughs> and it just goes from there, basically. I actually did that. I wrote a play in Chicago, uh-huh. uh, which, you know, no one came to see. But afterwards, all my friends, like Scott Adsit, um, we went up on stage and did fake auditions for each other. Yeah. And that came from that. Uh yeah. So uh, when, when you when you do like even like the uh, the stuff you did on uh, Adult Swim, the moral oral show. Mm-hmm. Now, when when you because I, I, I sense I feel like you're sort of a, a rebellious fucking dude. I mean, do you do you <clears throat> seek to destroy? No, I don't. I, I just seek to entertain myself. OK. Uh, I don't know what's going to offend people. OK. Like, I just I'm bored by most things. So I'm not a good judge of what's going to be offensive and what. You know, I mean, I don't get offended by anything, uh-huh. first of all. Yeah. So because I don't, I it doesn't like click in my head that this is going to be offensive. And then someone reads and says, wow, that's going to get a lot of letters. Yeah. And then <clears throat> it airs and no one sees it. No one gives a shit. <laughs> and you're waiting for the letters. You're like, yeah, I'm like, wow, just, I can't believe it. I'm letters. Get mail. Yeah. <laughs> Does anyone send letters anymore? But, you know, no one cared. No one cared um, about moral oral was that based on davy and goliath and somehow it was i actually wrote uh a early script like 10 years earlier about iggy pop i wanted him to play a 12 year old boy (laughs) i love iggy pop yeah i saw him in concert and i said he has the energy that i never had Mm -hmm. you know he was a 12 year old kid jumping off yeah huge speakers and shit still yeah it's unbelievable yeah he's as old as George W. Bush. Yeah. And he's doing that shit. I think he's a little older than George W. Bush. Yeah, by... I think he's in his much. 60s, isn't he, Nicky? I think uh, they're pretty uh, pretty close in Okay. Age. Yeah. But, uh, so I wanted to write, uh, like, a series for him where he was, like, leave it to Beaver. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it was never explain he would have been perfect for that because he's got that sort of like do right kind of like how are you yeah i'm iggy and he played a 12 year old and no one said you look like an older guy in fact he'd have to put a mustache on to get into a bar right right like that and i wrote an episode and actually had a meeting with him at, at life cafe in new york and uh so i'm sitting there explaining this crazy show and he's not listening and he's looking around <laughs> yeah and, I'm, and all of a sudden i'm his dad i'm like now iggy pay attention <laughs> and he's like uh sorry dude there's pussy everywhere man i can't 
can't concentrate. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. <laughs> and I just say, here, take the script. I wrote it. Yeah. And it was just called Iggy. And he looked at it and it was like he never saw his name in print before. So, oh, man, thanks. Thanks. <laughs> oh, yeah. And then he left. And I don't think he ever wrote it. Uh, read, read it. it yeah. Read it. Uh, I think his, his, I called his uh, manager and his manager said, yeah. He feels like it's too close to another character uh, he did in a movie, like what? The, the Crow. Yeah. Uh, no, it was nowhere near it. Yeah. You know, he'd never played a 12-year-old yeah. boy before. Yeah. Uh, I like the idea of doing a show where it's just trying to get Iggy Pop to listen to you. That would be a good show, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that led to Moral Oral How? Uh, I was on some nerd fan site yeah. and uh, talked about that episode, and someone said, oh, you should make a cartoon of it. And I stole the idea from this poor kid. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and yeah, I made a cartoon, and I thought, and then, you know, it was during the W. Bush administration. And, right. And uh, I thought, well, I'll make it about uh, the Bible Belt. Yeah. And uh, and I thought, well, the perfect way to go is stop motion like Davy and Goliath. Yeah. Um, and But I just didn't think it would be uh, viable. I, I, I didn't think, I thought it would be too expensive. And, uh Nick Weidenfeld from Adult Swim said, we're doing a show called Robot Chicken. Uh, they're doing stop motion really cheap because they're exploiting the workers. And I said, oh, yeah, I'll get on on that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, and then we started doing it. And, uh, and yeah, originally I went for, like, a Davy and Goliath look. But um, I had watched Davy and Goliath, and they're not very religious. They kind of, the religion comes at the end. I don't they, know, Dino. <laughs> <laughs> the voice of God. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the religion kind of like pops in at the very end. Right. Um, my show was religion all the way. No, I thought know. it was. Uh, I thought it was inspired. I liked it. Because when I watch your stuff, I, I you know because I'm such a heady fuck. You know, I'm always assuming that you're layering it somehow, but you're just sort of like, this will be good. Yeah, I'm not an intellectual writer. Yeah. No, I'm more instinctual. Well, that, well, really that means that intellectuals will sit there and go like, what does Gino mean? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. And I'd, I wish you'd tell me. Yeah. I, I think I, that's why I'm here. Yeah. I, I don't, I, I can't do that. I think we'll, we'll find some things that I uh, will, yeah. will come. Well, we already had it. We already figured out that, that why you hate comedy. Yeah. We figured out a lot. That was quick. Yeah. That why you hate stand up comedy. I know. I yeah. feel like I blew my load. Yeah. Right at the beginning. And yeah. then we went right into you blowing your load, actually. <laughs> we, so you did blow your load and we did yeah. find it. But I'm still kind of fascinated with that. You couldn't take the rejection of it? Uh, of what? Stand up. Which, oh, stand up. <laughs> Uh, I don't feel like I was really rejected, actually. I just, uh, I, I didn't do great and I didn't do poorly. I, I bombed sometimes and sometimes I did okay. Yeah. Uh, I just couldn't sit through all those comedians. Right. You know? okay, sure. And, uh, and then, uh, you know, what, started was it? doing shit at the funny firm in Chicago yeah. and, uh, and it just started feeling dirty to me. Oh yeah. Yeah. Dirty and, and like see this is interesting since you do you don't put moral labels on things I wanted like what dirty how yeah I guess you know I don't have dirty like I could do anything sexual yeah. or yeah and you won't more, you, but right. it's just I I feel like my integrity is all I have right and now, uh, so you got it felt dirty because you couldn't believe the parade of hacks yes and, uh, exactly. and untalented people right. That were, you know, taking up your brain. Yeah. Cause you and other see. people's brains. Yeah. You know? So you got angry yeah. at their... Uh, yeah, I, I can understand that. I so, mean, come on. We all do. Well, no, no. I, I think that there is a, a sort of... You know, it's bad. It's stupid because, you know, I, we're wrong. If most people like shit, then it's not shit, right? No, that's ridiculous. Really? Yeah, I, no, yeah. yeah convince I, I, me that I'm wrong. Okay, well, I think that what happens is if if something is jammed into some people's brains enough, and it it, it doesn't threaten, nor does it uh, uh, take any chances whatsoever, it, it's sort of like uh, uh, what, what's the what's a good analogy? I I just think that there the emotional investment or or the amount the amount of open mindedness required to take in something that a lot of people like, if it's something that's mediocre and bad, right. it's just safe. And 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 it's repeated because it's safe. So it's generated just to hold on to those people. Right. Maybe of, maybe the analogy is alcohol versus hallucinogenics. 
Yeah, I mean, th- th- that could work. Yeah, because some people are like, fuck yeah, I'll have a beer. And then it uh, just numbs you. And- yeah, and it makes everything you know a little easier for a little while. But yeah. like, you know, I don't know, psilocybin, that's, that seems a little heavy, but no. I'll try it once. And then, you know, they do something stupid and they never do it again. Right. Yeah, that's an okay analogy. But I don't think it always, <laughs> I don't think it always means Thanks. that. I think that what you, know, what you were responding to comedically is just that, there is moments where you watch a lot of stand-up comedy, certainly in an amateur level, where you're like, "Why? Yeah. What? Why am I? Why is this happening? Right? Why?" And maybe there was a little insecurity there too. Maybe because I do not think I'm always that funny. You know. What do you I, think is funny though? I mean, like you what? know, I think I think the people I hate the most are the ones that I can relate more to me. You know, like. The, you the ones who I, remind you of you? Yeah, a little bit. Sure. Yeah. So and yeah. the worst thing anyone could do is say, you're going to love my friend. He's just like you. Yeah. End up hating him for life. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah, because uh, because of you hate yourself so much. I hate myself and I, and I want to be original. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want someone else. <laughs> so you- it's Me. So, so maybe you've- you know, I always think, yeah, if there was another me, I'd- I just blow them all day. But yeah, I, no, it's not so, true. So your journey is really to refine your self-loathing into something so unique that nobody could compete with you. Wow, yeah, that's awesome. And out of that, and out of that pit of darkness and self-hatred comes cartoons and songs. <laughs> You're the Barbara Walters of podcasts. I'm going to cry right now. <laughs> Please get a, get a close-up of this. <laughs> Please, drink. Oh, don't fuck up my mic. <laughs> what are you doing? You're trying too hard. How Greek are you? Um, well, I would say a hundred percent. Although I'm sure someone got raped somewhere down the line. But I mean, like culture, like at home, do you have the big Easter thing? I actually do. I I love cooking Greek food, and uh, you know, when I was a kid, I was embarrassed by it, but I've I've embraced it. I just went to Greece and actually had a yeah, a sort of a cathartic, life changing experience in Greece. Yeah, not the kind that'll make you stop drinking. For a while it did. <laughs> but then I realized I like drinking. Yeah, yeah. And Greeks drink a lot. So there you go. It all works. Yeah, Once yeah. Once I figure out how to I, I just eat more when I drink. Oh, good. Yeah. What was this experience and where did it happen? Well, you know, my dad died like in 2002. Hmm. And uh, and I those years, like those eight years after that, up until just like last summer, were very difficult for me you know my my dad was everything Mm -hmm. to me really and uh um in fact when i was uh in college we had to come up with a name for a uh a comedy sketch group Mm -hmm. and no one liked this but i just kept i adamantly said this is the funniest thing because it's the worst thing ever and it's uh the sketch group i wanted it to be called father's dead (laughs) yeah because to me the funniest thing is the worst thing always yeah and uh, so, yeah, so my dad died, and I'm like, oh, how's my mom going to deal with this? How am I going to deal with this, you know? Um, and I started drinking a lot at that point, you know? And uh, and my kid was just born. She was two years old. And I thought, uh, actually, I always thought, as long as my parents could see that I had a kid, they'll be happy. But that is actually the worst thing I could have done because my dad was so depressed about dying because he couldn't see his daughter mm. grow or his granddaughter grow up. So he had, it was a progressive thing? Yeah, yeah it was cancer. Oh, okay. Yeah, right in the eye. Mm. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Removed his eye. Then, uh, like, five years later, he, it spread. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. So, uh, so when I went to Greece this last time, it was the first time I saw his family as, like, two sisters and, really and uh, i went with his brother who lives in chicago and met with his other brother and it was you know it was sort of a reunion and i realized because i didn't realize this at the time that i've been mourning my dad's death for like eight years and this was his real funeral you know so you had the grief but you didn't have closure yeah i mean because my dad was always a self-sacrificing guy and I always felt like uh, he just gave up everything for his family and he never had any fun. Yeah. And what happened is I got to hear a lot of stories about him being a kid. Oh, yeah. And fucking around Mm -hmm. and fucking women and shit like that from, you know, my uncles and aunts. And and it just made me realize that he he had a full life and Mm. I shouldn't feel horrible about him. 
I should start feeling horrible about me. <laughs> Just shift it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now I got to figure out how I disappointed him. In his yeah. Life. And how I'm going to drive my daughter crazy. Uh-huh. Yeah. So that was the catharsis is just that, that family uh, connection. Yeah. And the, it's filling the gaps with your dad's life. Yeah, definitely. That's awesome, man. Yeah. And, and do you feel like you have some closure over it now? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, sure, I still get melancholy when I think about him, but it's not like the utter sadness and... Right, I can't imagine it. Yeah, I I mean, both of my parents are still alive, and, uh, you know, like, there's times where, I don't know, like, I I get the whole parents thing, Mm -hmm. but there there are times where I don't feel a connection, but I imagine if I lost one, it would probably... Well, that's interesting. Like, you you don't feel close? I feel close enough, but I don't, like, it's... Like, there's a... I, I don't like I feel like my parents are just people I grew up with you know mm-hmm. like they were just as needy as I was so well, there's that, yeah definitely so there's a there's this thing where where like I don't like I keep in touch with them but there's a certain distance there I just I don't think about it much and, and, and you know now I'm thinking about yeah, it yeah you should start thinking about it yeah okay yeah prepare yeah I think so were you prepared um well I thought about it a lot but he yeah. also had cancer so he had cancer something... I mean there was something uh you know when when someone has cancer you you breathe a sigh of relief when they die right we also have time to process it on some level yeah there's an expectation there yeah exactly now when you were growing up i mean your dad was just like a champion of you he was a good guy and you know he just was into everything you did and shit yeah definitely too much Mm. i think so he got a kick out of you yeah 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 i yeah i wonder how my brother felt because i was the firstborn and i feel like i got most of that yeah they get this defended stick because because you get most of the love and excitement and and they don't and you beat the shit out of them <laughs> yeah i was a wimp he he beat the shit out of me wow yeah and it's all starting to make sense your comedic persona is yeah is, is, <laughs> you were beat up by your little brother we actually didn't fight a lot yeah. but if we ever did he would win yeah i don't think i was i knew how to fight i i, I don't have it in me so you don't feel like you're a good father yourself um, how old's your well, kid now? Well, I mean, you know, that's debatable. Yeah. She's 11. I left the uh, that situation when she was three. Um, but I still support them, and I see her. You know, I used to take her to school every day. Right. Um, and I see her on weekends. She comes over. And you get along with your ex? Yeah, we get along great. In fact, uh, you know, she has a great boyfriend who- uh, Is this uh, the dominatrix? Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, I have to, like, you know, at one point she's like, I don't know if I'm going to stay with him. I'm like, you've got to stay with him. He's my knight in shining armor. <laughs> <laughs> he swept you off my feet. <laughs> I, mean, I love him, and he he treats my daughter amazingly. And you know. Is she still working? No, no. She, she stopped pretty much after we, quote, unquote, fell in love, whatever that means. Yeah. Um, when you met her, were you a client? Yeah, huh. I was a client, and and we we instantly hit it off, and went out to dinner, and I found out she had a boyfriend, this French guy. Yeah, and we all ended up moving in together, and you know we would have the three of you. Yeah, but w- I wasn't sexual with him, right? Uh, but we would have like S and M sessions together, and she would go and cry to him, and. You know, it was a perfect situation, and uh, she would cry about what—that she had feelings for you. No, just uh, no, just about were, life in general. Or you were that—he just... was—he was this this overbearing French guy who I loved, uh, but I think she got into S and M because of him. I think he kind of pushed her in that direction, right? And uh, and because she was so miserable during S and M, she beat the shit out of me, and I fell in love. <laughs> like the first day I met her, she burnt my cock. Like for and, for weeks, and, and, I couldn't touch it. Yeah, and I went back the next day and, and like, said, "Come on, more yeah, of that." Yeah, this is amazing. My parents never treated me like this. <laughs> <laughs> what What do you think is, you know? Because I, I mean, honestly, you know, I'm sort of ashamed because, uh, you know, you're here. I I feel like I'm 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 fairly, uh, you know, kind of my sexual proclivities are are fairly, you know narrow like i don't i don't you know i'm I'm pretty uh regular 
Yeah. I, I just I, nice, I nice and tight. It's a nice tight. Narrow. Yeah, yeah, there's yeah. a tight narrow. I Good. just I just need connection. Yeah. I mean, like that, you know, and and that you know gets me off. Well, here's what it is with me. To uh, this is where, and, you know, I don't blame my parents. They're people. They just they're computers, like we all are, and sure. they just do things. And uh, their idea of love was worry, 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 worry. Um, Shelter, 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 worry, worry, worry. Mm. You know, where are you? What are you doing? You know, they were Greek. In right. fact, a great movie everyone should see is called Dog Tooth. It's a Greek movie. And that's all I'll say about it. It's on instant Netflix. Uh, it's up for an Academy Award this year. But worry is a huge part of the Greek culture, as it is probably with the Jewish culture, too. Yeah, sure. But to me, love meant another person who's going to die in my life, you know? Right. And... So I think with S and M, it's so distant. Um, it's 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 detached. You mean it's very detached. Yeah, and it's there's a and uh, and so yeah, when someone is inflicting pain on you, they're not worried about you. You know what I mean? <laughs> and that got me off. <laughs> Worry does not get me off. Right, my friend. Uh, one said my parents didn't get married, they got worried. <laughs> <laughs> but that's sort of, it's still, it's quite a jump to uh, to experiencing, and, and like, and I'm not judging it because no. there's plenty of people that, that get off on this, and, and I, and I, and, and certainly I'm no stranger to, to pain that I inflict on myself. Yeah. I, I, I don't know if I like it when other people do it to me. Right. I, I'm well, like, look, I got that covered. Like like I said, we're computers, and the, the data that is downloaded was worry. And then there was this other bit of data, which was when I was three years old, the first, like, movie with, like, sort of scantily clad people I saw on my TV set was, like, a Jason and the Argonauts movie where a man and a woman were being tortured. Yeah. And, like, half-naked. And I remember getting a hard on at three for that. Yeah. So worry plus weird sexual S and M movie. When equal you're three to equal me marrying yeah. a dominatrix. Yeah. Well, you know, maybe there's a few other uh, aspects involved, but, but I, I don't know what they are. Yet. Well, like in in terms of like you know you know reading and experiencing you know pain is pleasure, and then you also said that you think that the the you know, the worst possible option is the funniest. Mm -hmm. I mean, do you, like, I mean, do you see any connection to this in your, and your sense of humor? Um, maybe. Yeah. Although it's, it's strange to, uh, bring up sense of humor with sex because that's the last thing I want to do is laugh during sex. Right. You want to cry. make anyone laugh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I do want to cry. Right. I mean, I've, I've had like emotional experiences where I would be, just beat so hard I would start crying and and love it by the end. And that's an ecstatic state for you. Yeah. Now what about just like regular sex? I've grown to like it. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean I've uh I've gotten more into it as I've grown older and uh more confident and women are more attracted to me and uh you know. Um so that's interesting. So that like a, a lot of the 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 S and M stuff it was complete detachment, and there was you know there was definitely a context. You're going to hurt me, right? And that you know your investment was just to to be there and and request being hurt as much as possible, right? And it was about like and it was about my insecurity. I you know I'd never been with a woman. I thought well the only way a woman's going to be with me is she could beat the shit out of me. Probably you thought that when uh, when I was a kid, huh? You know. Uh, you know, was your mother I, dominating? She's a strong person. Okay. Uh, I mean, a, a gruff person, but I don't think she's dominating because she, she, she cries you up? at the drop of a hat. No. No? No one hit you? No. I mean, you know, I got hit a, a little bit as right. a kid, but uh, not anything steady. So do you, what about, so do, do you think that there's any possibility that the, you know, I, and I'm no psychologist, mm -hmm. but I mean, is there some sense of, of this was a way to protect yourself from emotional pain? Yeah. yeah. Oh, definitely. Okay. Definitely. Yeah. Like I say, okay, like, oh, okay. So now we've got that figured out. <laughs> 
Uh, yeah, no, I don't like that. That's why I drink too, because I could be a little more emotional, you know. Yeah, and you know, and like with with S and M, like I said, I would break down crying and become emotional, you know. Yeah, it's kind of a also a road to get me to be emotional, because I think when I'm totally straight and sober, I'm very stoic and I don't, uh, I'm not as open, you know. But is that because you're defensive or because you yeah, know because you're too sensitive? Def- I'm probably defensive. Oh, and sensitive. <laughs> Yeah, let's throw the good one in too. <laughs> so you don't require any nurturing. Uh, I it. hate it when I have a girlfriend and she sticks up for me. Oh yeah, yeah, because I think it's bullshit. I'm like, in what situation just, are you talking about? Just anything. Like, oh, Dino's so funny. I'm like, fuck you. You're my girlfriend. Why are you even saying that? It's because she's your girlfriend. Yeah. <laughs> so you don't. Uh, but you know what? Her? You know, my parents never. Like, as, as much as they showered me with affection and attention, in public, they were always embarrassed to, they never said anything about me that was like, Dino's great, or, you know, we're proud right. of him. And I understood that. I think I did, you know. Yeah. Uh, and I kind of, I've taken that along, and I, I do it with my daughter. Like, people say, oh, she's so beautiful. And I'm like, yeah, she's all right. She's kind of dumb. <laughs> you know, I mean, she's not. But, uh, and I don't say that, but... Uh, or as a joke, but, uh, you know, I don't like to, um, you know, I don't like to brag Yeah, yeah. about my kid or my girlfriend. You don't want to give them a, a four. And it drives girlfriends crazy, you know? Yeah, yeah. When you tell them not to you know, say nice things about you or you refuse to say nice things about them. Yeah, mostly the, yeah, the latter. The latter. Yeah. <laughs> I, well, I experience that, but it's usually because I don't think to. <laughs> Well, that too. I don't think too either. <laughs> it's like I don't have any philosophy behind it. <laughs> I, the, you know, it's just like sometimes, like at some point, you got to realize, like, hey, dude, occasionally they just want to hear that they're pretty and that their pants look nice. Oh, and well, then I have friends who they're not the girls aren't even around and they're they're showering with them with praise. I'm like, why are you wasting this? <laughs> Save it for her, dude. What do you really feel it? <laughs> do you ever get afraid that you're going to become so fucking jaded that your 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 humanity will be uh, like gone? I hope so, but I don't think it's going to happen. <laughs> I think I'm too sensitive. <laughs> you're like a devil. <laughs> That's what you are. You turn on the juice, like, oh, don't hurt my feelings. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit i know did you sleep uh yeah i slept i slept well oh good why do i look tired no i just uh i i got a like this was the first guess i got a little s- smell of last night from the the little alcohol came from out. me yeah a little bit no no i just uh i stopped at columbo's on the way here oh yeah that's I, a bar yeah had a couple i just had one but they pour a, 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 nice, a nice one nice stiff one yeah it's nice to have a, a stiff cocktail in the middle of the day yeah yeah the problem with cocktails, though, don't you find that uh, you have to keep feeding that thing? Um, not really. Because, like, don't you just, like, after, okay, so you had a stiff one, what, an hour and a half ago, hour and 15 minutes ago? Now aren't you just going to feel, like, a little edgy and irritable in about an hour? Uh, I just wanted to do it for this. Oh, like, okay. To just, like, loosen me up a little bit. I think it went well. Yeah. And we're still talking. I'm not done. <laughs> All right. So how much do you think that, you, you know, you and Louie, CK worked together on Conan. You worked together on the Dana Carvey show, uh, and, and then you uh, you worked with him on the original Louis mm-hmm. for uh, CBS. Mm-hmm. Correct. Yeah. Now, when w- working with him, because like it just struck me that that sentiment, you know, that your comic sensibility about when people uh, say nice things about your kids is really a theme that you know he exploits a lot. Is that you know that secret voice of like, nah, fuck the kid, you know? Right. Right. Yeah. How much influence do you think you had on him or each other? Uh, I don't know. I mean, we always talked about it, and we we always agreed. Yeah. You know, uh, I think we we got a little bit off from each other. Definitely. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. I mean, Louie and I, uh, we we would have like you know hour long conversations where we'd just talk about him. And, uh, I've had those too with Louie. <laughs> yeah. And then I'd be like, uh, you know what that reminds me of? I Yeah, I got to go, Dino. <laughs> he heard the word I. <laughs> My favorite Louie story, I think it was during Conan. He, I don't remember 
what his story was, but he, we were sitting in a diner and yeah. he just told me this amazing story about his life. And I said, holy shit, that is amazing. And he just put his head in his hands and started rubbing his face miserably. Yeah. And I said, what's wrong? Because I'm like, did he open up too much or yeah. what? And he yeah. said, I just hope everyone doesn't lie as much as I do. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> That's fucking hilarious. Yeah. So how'd you, like, I have to assume that, you know, and, and I don't, you know, I don't know a lot. But because of, of your integrity that, you know, working on a show, yeah, I mean, how long were you really at Mad TV? <laughs> I I was there for like one, whatever they call it in the business, semester uh, cycle. Uh, well, I'm just like, like my three sense, months. My sense of you is you're, you're very respected, but you're also, you know, your own thing. And I just like when it, when you're in situations that are clearly at odds with what it is you yeah. fucking think you should be doing. I mean, how does that explode? Yeah, I mean, look, I didn't, uh, I needed a job really badly. Uh, my kid was three and uh, I had just moved out of, and so I had to like pay for like a lot of things. And they assured me that we wanted Dino sensibility at Mad TV. Right. And I was like, cool. Um, I didn't even know what a Dino sensibility was. <laughs> right. But, uh, yeah. But you knew you were Dino. Yeah. On some level. I knew level. that much. <laughs> and, uh, and, you know, it wasn't. It was very, you know, I want to say gay. Yeah. It's okay. <laughs> yeah. Sure. It was. I mean, everyone was really nice there. That's already gay. Yeah. Wow. Exactly. Right. Yeah. In that use of the word. Yeah. The, in the legitimate use of the word. They were literally, hello, welcome. Right. Yeah. But they just wanted to do um, Anna Nicole Smith parodies. Yeah. What did you want like to do? What, what what did you pitch where everyone oh. went, oh, okay. Uh, I, I don't even know. I yeah. really, I blocked that whole time out. Yeah. You know, I, everyone was really nice. I, 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 I wrote with Tammy Sager, who's hilarious. And um, I don't think I got very much on. Yeah. Um, and they wanted me to stay on afterwards. The same thing happened at Letterman. You know, I didn't do anything on Letterman. It was like the worst time for Letterman. It was like 95, 96. And, yeah. And he was like really just trying to get Leno's ratings. And, right. And uh, he just had country western music and right. shit like that on. And I sat in my office. Were you and, a fan? Uh, I was a huge fan in, when he first started. Yeah. And that's why I took the job. I was just like, I know it's going to suck, but... I want to just be on the Letterman show and see what that's like. Did you have any experiences with him? Yeah. Um, <laughs> one time I, um, he took his own elevator cause he liked to work right. the elevator himself. He's yeah. like, yeah. he likes driving sports cars and yeah. elevators yeah. apparently. Uh -huh. And, uh, and then the other two elevators was for everyone else. Right. And he was walking into his elevator and a bunch of us were waiting at the, the bottom floor and he looked at us and he said, Want to ride? And it was my like one of my first days. I'm like, sure. And no one else moved. I'm like, oh. <laughs> yeah. So I walked in, and it's just me, the elevator operator, who's not doing anything. Right. And Letterman, who's working at it. And he goes into this, the middle of this conversation, which I know he's making up. Yeah. Because it's crazy. Yeah. He, he's looking at the elevator guy. And he's like, so uh, you make... Uh, you make a vat of it every day, huh? He's like, uh, yeah, yeah. Like, oh, it must be great. Oh, you just, you just make a vat of it? Yeah, yeah. And he's just doing it because he doesn't want to talk to me. Yeah. And it's literally that conversation. Yeah. And we get to his floor, and my floor is one floor up, uh -huh. and the door's open, and no one moves. The elevator guy says to me, is this your floor? And I said, no, I'm actually one floor up. But I, I, I could walk from here. Yeah. And I walk by and Letterman just under his breath says, yeah, good luck walking. <laughs> like, you asshole. I took you this far. What do you want? That was it. That was it. No, there, you know, there, I, I ran into him a couple other times there, you know, where, uh, you know, I'd, I'd bring him uh, some edited footage that I'd do and mm -hmm. he wouldn't look up at all and just... It, at least it didn't seem like it, but then he'd have a note saying, cut that part, you know. 
It's but. interesting, like, because I did this show maybe four times, and every time I'm on it, I'm so like sort of starstruck by him for some reason. Oh yeah, he's amazing. He's yeah. still he's still great, and, and like he never said much. He's to hilarious, me. and I I understand. You know, he he probably has people like Adam constantly, and everyone's a moron. And he's a quirky. He's he's just like he. I I just still I still have a tremendous amount of respect for the guy. Oh, yeah. And like he never really said anything to me, but every time I do stand up on that show, when he'd come out. Like there'd be this moment I'm like, oh my god, Dave Letterman's right here. Yeah, should I say something? You know, and uh, and I never really did panel or anything like that. But one time they sat me down because there might be panel. Right. And uh, you know, during the break, you know, after my act, he goes, "Can you make that stuff work on the road?" <laughs> and like, and I knew he was saying it in a complimentary way, yeah, yeah. not like I just fucked up. And I'm yeah, like, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I can yeah, because it. it worked there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And, uh, but you know, the, um, I got, there's, I have some emotional connection to that guy. Oh, definitely. He got me through high school. Yeah. I was my first year or second year of college. I remember watching him. You're a year old, younger than me. You're 46. Yeah. And you're going to be 47 when? December. Right. So you're like almost, you're basically a year younger than me. So I was like, when that show came on, you were a senior in high school. Uh, yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, what was it like 83? Was yeah, it? yeah. So I was, yeah, yeah, eighty two, eighty three. Yeah, right. so I was a senior. Yeah, right. So I was just starting out in college. I'd watch him fucking religiously because there was yeah. that, there was this. You know, he was just a, you know, a cra- He said like outrageous shit. Yeah. To guests, I mean, there were just moments where you're like, holy fuck, he just yeah. said that to that guy. You know, you, like, I know. It was know. riveting. My favorite uh, Letterman story. I, I I always look for it on YouTube. It was a bunch of child inventors. And one of the kids would just keep making weird faces yeah. in the camera, and the, yeah. the, you could tell the audience hated him. Yeah. You you weren't sure that Letterman was paying any attention, and at one point he just leaned over and whispered in his ear. So, but you know he has a mic, and he whispered in his ear, "You have a long, difficult life ahead of you." Like, to this like seven year old kid. <laughs> I just remember one time he was interviewing some guy who had written a book. Uh, he, he was a mob guy or something. And maybe I'm, I'm making it up because memories become odd over time. And certain things, you know, did or didn't happen or you know, not as I remembered them. But, you know, he had had some conversion to religion. And he had been like, you know, in this huge mob family or whatever. And the guy's going on about his conversion to religion. And Letterman goes, we don't want to hear about that. Tell us about the people you killed. <laughs> And it, it was just like that that instinct to do that is fucking yeah, great. Well, how did the audience r- respond? Yeah, I mean, it, it's clearly said as a joke, you know, but, you know, who knows? I don't quite remember. Well, when I was there, like, 12 years later, um, I, besides not working and making a shirt of paper clips for no reason, I would go through the archives and watch old footage from, like, the NBC days, because this was on CBS at, the, at that point. And... Um, and I I picked shows that I remember watching and laughing hysterically and thinking this shit killed. Yeah. And the audience did not respond at all. Yeah. During those early years. Yeah. It was uh, that that's, like that's why he hated those episodes. Like he he hates the NBC early NBC years because he thought he was bombing the whole time. Right. Because they didn't know what to do with him. Right. But he wasn't bombing. No. Nope. Because we were laughing at home. Yeah. And you know what that studio is like. I mean, yeah, I mean, you Co- bring in tourists. Yeah. And Conan had some of the same issues. Yeah. I mean, you know, even, you know, even when things were really funny, like there's an audience, they're just, they're just on another ride at the New York park. Exactly. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. you know, and that's, and now, like, even when Letterman, like, I, I have a sense, I don't watch it hardly at all, but you know when he's in it and when he's not. And, and a lot of times when he's interviewing now, He's not as cranky as he used to be, but he's very genuine. Right. You, you know, like he, like you can tell, you know, he's interested. Well, now he's getting too many laughs, too. Yeah. Well, yeah. As very. Conan is. <laughs> Have you been over to that new show? No, no. It's really beautiful. It's is like, it? It, well, it's it's in a studio, so it doesn't have that weird kind of like, um, it's not like a TV studio like NBC is where there's this weird history and you just think that studio has never, ever been anything different. It was probably roughly the same with Letterman. Yeah. You go to this one and they're like, they built this thing. This is a set. Wow. And they built like a, it's a beautiful theater. Like, you know, he's got a lot of space on the stage and the audience is situated beautifully. And uh, it, it's, it's pretty great. Um, but I, I, I think that sometimes people probably have you hang around because you, you're Dino and you have this uh, integrity to you. They want to have you around. I think, yeah, uh, it's this perceived integrity. I mean, they kept me around at Letterman because they wanted Conan writers there. You know, it's politics, politics. Yeah. Oh, I get it. Yeah. They were thinking like, we have done everything twice. 
Literally everything. I mean, right. the, the amount of shit that that letter, the Letterman show invented over the years, yeah. and that they tried riffing on that, you know, that Ernie Kovacs model, that yeah. just hot riding and, and doing all. They, they did everything. I remember when Letterman came out, and I read like all the articles about it. They always said we just wanted to do the opposite of the Tonight Show, right? And then when Conan started, it was let's do everything opposite that Co- that Letterman would do, right? So I like. So are we doing the Tonight Show now? <laughs> <laughs> now, but you, but you were at SNL too. No, I was never at SNL. Oh, you didn't do that. No. All right. How'd you avoid that? Um, they must have offered it to you. No, no, no one ever offered it to me. Uh, I don't know. I, I didn't. Uh, but you work with Smigel. I work with Smigel. Yeah, I mean, you know, I did uh, voices for his cartoons, and uh, I think I got a credit on one of the cartoons for writing because I threw in a joke. You know, uh-huh. He's very, he's very uh, giving in that way. But I, I remember I did pitch uh, an idea. I wrote a sketch for SNL mm-hmm. uh, when Janine Garofalo was on. She said, "You should, you should, you should put it, yeah, yeah, pitch it or bring it into the table read." And I did it, and. Uh, it didn't get on. It actually ended up on uh, Mr. Show years later. But it, it was. It had three songs in it, and I worked with that music. Uh, the musical. Oh, what was his name? Shore. G. Or, oh, right, right. G. 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 Smith. Uh, yeah. Something. G. Smith. G. E. Smith. G. E. Smith. Right. Could it be G. E. Smith? Yes. Oh, interesting. I G. think so. G. E. Yeah, General was, Electric. Yeah. He like he like he. I thought he was a good musician, but I I hated watching him play. Right, I, I just see him. Oh listen. yeah, yeah, he was, he was, he was irritating. Yeah. But anyway, so he learned all you know all, all the songs and taught them to the actors. And who was it? It was Michael McKeon. Yeah, it was Michael McKeon. And he knew, I I knew he knew the songs, and I was just there as a writer to watch. And mine got, it was like a two hour read. It yeah. Was, and I was not even in the room. It was like just crowded. Yeah. And I was in the hallway just watching. And it came time and they started doing my sketch and came time to do the song. And Michael McKean, you know, G. Smith's playing on guitar. Yeah. Michael McKean did not come in. He's like, I don't know this song. And G. Smith said, Where's the guy who wrote this? <laughs> and I'm like, ah, Here. <clears throat> He's like, Sing it. So I had to sing like three songs, <laughs> and I'm not a singer. Yeah, and no laughs, nothing. And by the end, Gene Garofalo said, "Sorry, uh, you know, Michael McKean said he knew the the words. I don't know why he didn't sing them." And it was just it just threw me under the bus completely. Right. You know. Yeah. Um. So even if I at that point, although I doubt it, even if I had any aspirations to be on SNL, I that gave me a taste of. Right, How fucked up it was there. Right yeah. now, it did um, Smigel? Yeah. Now you guys seem to have similar sensibility. Am I wrong? He's a little nicer. He, you think he's nice? I, I don't. I, don't, I just. I mean, I don't <laughs> no, know I him don't. that well. No, he's a great guy. He's great. <clears throat> uh, but like, there's something that that sort of uh, infantilized grown up stuff. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think yeah, Robert and I and Conan, especially. You know, and Louis adapted to it well. Only I don't think Louis uh, naturally goes for like the childish stuff, right? But I think yeah, Conan and and I and and Smigel really came together on that. That of, yeah, and that was shit. a tone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And we loved cartoons and yeah. Do like Do that. you prefer animated in general? I mean, working in animation. What is uh, I do? What is Frankenhole? Kind of I don't know Frankenhole. Control freak. So you get to control everything. Okay. You know. Right. Uh, even if someone doesn't get a line right in voiceover you just put five takes together and, and you can make it yeah oh so that so you oh that makes sense yeah it's uh it's it's like uh it's, it's like uh fascist comedy yeah exactly <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh frame it's actually called mary shelley's frankenhole is it on yet uh yeah it was on first season 10 episodes and we're writing second season now and uh i don't know i don't want to talk about it Okay. It's it, it'll bore you, silly. Okay, well then tell me how the hell you ended up on Community. Uh oh, you're friends I, with Harmon. Yeah, I met Harmon at the Rustic Inn and uh I got him a couple jobs that I was writing on and then uh he brought me on. Threw you a bone? Threw me a bone and uh uh at one point uh I get a text from him saying, uh, "You're going to be Starburns." Do you do you, do you watch the show at all? I've watched a couple. Yeah. I didn't see yours. Uh 
it's just a character who has stars for sideburns. And you don't have them now, so. No, no. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I just thought it would be a one-time part, and now I'm kind of a reoccurring actor on a on a television show. And you like it? No. <laughs> don't you like, you like working with Chevy? Uh, you know, I like Chevy. Yeah. I do. Uh, he, he has... Uh, a reputation for being a dick yeah. and that reputation is earned yeah uh but uh you know now he's, he's now he's an old guy who's kind of a little confused and <laughs> he's still chevy yeah he doesn't hurt me yeah you know was he yeah i think all he needs is a little respect and he'll be fine right you know. and i think a lot of the cast right now didn't grow up with chevy chase right and don't give a shit about him right and don't you know don't care about any of his stories you know <laughs> oh no <laughs> yeah. is that guy in the set uh i don't know if he is anymore he certainly started being that guy oh you know? man <clears throat> but i you know i mean i would i would i was actually excited to to meet him you know i was too i did a roast of his and then i just did, mm-hmm. i was uh i was i was hurt yeah by him oh no he's he could be a jerk believe me i did a um uh a sketch on Conan that took like weeks to write. It was like this big musical number mm-hmm. and he came out after it, after it aired and he said, Conan, that uh, bit, that was, uh, that was stupid. Mm. God. <laughs> uh, yeah. But I would not and you got give that... away that story for more than, for anything in the world. I love that he, that Chevy Chase shit on me. And did you get that pang of pain did he when he said it, I... when he said it? Oh, I got it. Yeah, I mean, at the time. So that kind of pain's not the same as the dominatrix pain. But the story's great. <laughs> <laughs> All of it was great, man. I appreciate you coming by. Thanks. It you was feel fun. good? You feel good about it? I loved it. All it right, was fun. Man. All right, buddy. That's our show. I hope you enjoyed that. I sure did. He's a he's. He's one of a kind, that dude. Uh, well, listen, I know I've plugged this a few times. So let me just go over it again. Uh, the WTF app is free for the month of March. And once you get it, you can upgrade and get every past episode. I know a lot of you are into that, uh, so you can do that. Or you can get every past episode streaming on your desktop. If you go to, uh, that's with the WTF premium account. Just go to WTFpod.com, click the Get Podcast, and go No iTunes, and you'll be taken there uh, for that option. And also, get on the mailing list. Kick in a few shekels. Go to justcoffee.coop. Get yourself some coffee. Get some WTF blend. Going to get a little on the back end of that. Do whatever you got to do. As you can tell, I'm still a little sick. Going to go take care of myself. I hope you enjoyed the show. I will talk to you soon. Justice.